Welcome to the Fuck Trauma podcast with me, your host, Candice Tamara. I'm a trauma mindset coach and I am on a mission to help you free yourself from your past and create the secure, loving and healthy relationships with yourself and with others that you truly deserve. Let's dive in. Before we go any further, I just want to let you know that if you would like to work on your anxiety in your relationship so that you can move to a secure attachment style and stop sabotaging your relationships, this is something I can support you with. My group program is a 10-week group program. It's completely supportive and it's there to guide you and teach you how to moving from anxious to secure in love. It is for you if you are single and dating or you're in your relationships and you know your anxiety is getting in the way. You want to stop overthinking. You want to stop asking for reassurance. You want to feel safe and secure in yourself. This is for you. Contact me to get more information now. It's enrolling now for an October start. Hello and welcome to the very first podcast of mine and this is a very special episode because I am joined by Emma Orlando who is incredible she's an incredible special guest she is a client of mine and incredible businesswoman um and when Emma came to me, she was experiencing some challenges with her attachment style, which we worked through. And today we're going to just have a little chat with her and hear all about her story and her growth. So welcome, Emma. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be your first guest. Yay. It's <laughs> an honor. I couldn't think of anyone more incredible to have on this show to literally your growth and your story has just been insane like it's it's just amazing and I just really wanted to share that so thank you so much for being an open book as you put it and sharing your story with me and us so so why don't you tell us a little bit like when you start us off and just tell us a little bit about what those challenges were for you when um before we kind of met and before we started working together. Yeah, so I think I came to you at a point where I had been stuck in the same cycle for so long. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to blame all of the guys coming into my space. Like, why do these men keep coming to me? And that's kind of the place I was in. But really, I knew that if the same guys keep coming, then it's me. Like, I'm the common thing within all of those. And so what I'd really been experiencing was men that just were quite avoidant they just weren't ready to commit or men that were quite I didn't actually realize they were avoidant at the start because they seemed very willing like I think my pattern before had been guys that were just really inconsistent with messaging and wouldn't text you back and all of that kind of thing and I seemed to move through that and I was like oh I think I'm starting to heal my relationship pattern because I was connecting with these men that would really show up and be there But beneath the surface, they were still really avoidant because they didn't want to do the kind of more shadow work or they didn't want to talk about the deeper stuff. And I just started to feel like 
my needs were never being met. And I'd been through a couple of relationships where I had gotten to the end of the relationship and just felt so angry, which I'm sure is something we'll go into because I know I had trouble expressing that and that came up in our sessions, but just felt so angry that I seemed to be giving my entire self to these relationships, thinking that the other person was doing the same because they were showing up on the surface. But beneath that, there was actually such a resistance to fully, fully commit. And this is where I was noticing that I was still attracting these avoidance and actually my behavior within those relationships was really anxious. I was people pleasing. I was just completely ignoring all of my needs and staying with something, even though I know it wasn't fully serving me. And was think by the time I came to you, I was so, I think as I put it, sick of my own shit. <laughs> that I was like okay this is something I'm doing here I need to dive into this further and that's where I found you and where we began our journey together yay I love that I love that you said like you realized that you had to take responsibility for that you know you were attracting these people to you and um and that you were willing to do that that work to change that and yeah everything you're experiencing I like it's incredible like that is exactly what I know so many people experience too. The people pleasing, the when you said literally giving everything, because that's what we do, right? We we overgive. And I say it so many times, and I really should just have it tattooed on me by this point. It's that our fear is, you know, anxiety in relationships comes from a, a fear of abandonment from childhood. And what we tend to do is we abandon ourselves so that they don't abandon us mm. it's like we're avoiding our greatest fear of them abandoning us and that means that we literally give everything to them and that's that feeling of like giving everything over giving and then feeling really resentful because they're actually not people that can kind of like they're not in the same space where they can give it back mm. yeah and I noticed that a lot and I think I may have said this to you in one of our sessions together but I was like something is not right here because when I end these relationships I feel light I feel relief like I'm supposed to feel really sad and heartbroken and of course I do go through that process of sadness I am human but mostly I'm like oh thank god like I feel like liberated from it and that's where I think I came to this place where I was like this isn't how it's supposed to be in relationships I'm not supposed to walk away from something like this feeling totally liberated and it was because I had abandoned myself and I remember you saying that in one of our sessions that to abandon to not be abandoned sorry you abandon you and I was like that literally sums up every relationship I've been in yeah I get it I totally get it um and so what I always work with you and my clients to do is to stop abandoning you. Like it's exactly what I had to learn, like to stop. Once you start to fill yourself up and fill your own needs, first of all, you're not attracted to people that can't do that for you because you already do it for yourself. So no longer little bits of breadcrumbs or words, it no longer has the same impact on you because you now know how to do that for yourself. Um, and, and, and then the anxiety gets easier, I think. Would you say that would be the case? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also a process of testing as well. I know something that I really struggled with was that I felt like I met all of my own needs whilst I was single. Mm. 
Yeah. I was like, I've got this. I've got, I've got it down. I've mastered this whole thing. And then I would enter into a relationship with someone. And then all of a sudden the abandonment wound without me even being aware of it would start kicking in. And I would instantly go into the people pleasing. And I know a relationship that we worked through together in our sessions that I kind of started seeing someone and noticed that same thing of like, slipping into the abandonment and whereas before that had kind of been my default and I stayed with it this time I was really like oh (laughs) it's actually really unattractive to me that when I communicate needs they are unable to be even really considered because I'm not saying that someone should be able to meet all of my needs effortlessly and instantly Mm. but it's that consideration and I think before I had this idea that I would meet someone and they'd just be able to meet my needs and that's totally flipped to I want to meet someone who has a willingness to explore those together and to explore that space and I did really notice that transformation within me of like oh I no longer feel like feel this need to try and stay with this person they can't fulfill my needs and I can walk away from that and it's so empowering yeah yeah I have so many questions I have so much to say I'm trying to keep it in my head I'm trying to be like remember that remember that can do and I just forget it um it's, it's so true so let's talk a little bit about that so when we st- when we started working together you weren't particularly um dating there were situations that perhaps um you know we're falling into that unavailable kind of character and 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 I you know after we did some work on you and you were fantastic you know you stopped the people pleasing in every you know other aspect of your your life but we didn't have that raw you know thing of going into relationship I think I remember saying to you when you start meeting people you're gonna see you know these patterns come up so we kind of needed to live it together so that we could work through it and and I think you were really hesitant at first to start dating I mean I literally put her on the app um, on <laughs> literally um no I'm joking I would never force anyone to do anything they didn't want to do but I knew that this was like the next step in your healing journey because then you were going to get real life experiences of attachment because over attachment is obviously something that really comes up quite a lot and you know thankfully you did take that leap and you did go on to dating which yeah tell us like what did you learn from that experience because I I think it was a positive experience right yeah it really was so firstly my resistance to dating was like literally just because of what I said I find it so easy to be single I'm really not one of these people that feels like I need to be in a relationship I've kind of traveled the world by myself I've always just loved my own company I take myself on dates all of the time Like that's never been something that phases me. But I also knew that I had this huge fear of being in, not even in a relationship, even just dating. I remember saying to you, I don't want to do it. I have this fear because I'm fine. (laughs) Like I am totally fine as I am. Mm -hmm. And going into this dating space, I was like, I know that it's being, it's causing this disrupt within me so that I can learn these lessons. But I obviously felt the resistance to that. And of course, The actual opposite happened when I started dating. I could see the triggers that we'd obviously work together with, like arise. But I was also just really shocked at how I was able to handle them and just the difference within me. It was like our sessions were playing out in real life. It was like they were actually being actioned. And I was starting to notice that I was getting a real sense of 
what would and wouldn't work for me like really really early on and I think like I said before it had taken a couple of years down the line for me to come to these realizations but as I started dating I was kind of like yeah that's not what I'm looking for or actually what's my role to play in this and how am I entering into these situations and just really considering what I'm looking for rather than trying to be impressive or to try and make somebody else like me and so I did go on online dating and met a couple of guys just some dating it was just good fun actually and then I met someone that I really connected with and it was I always joke with you that you have some sort of magic <laughs> power that whatever I need to heal you just have this like thing with the universe where <laughs> you bring it to me and what I'd noticed with this guy which I didn't notice straight away, I can now see it in hindsight, was that actually he was a real reflection of a lot of the things that I needed to heal within my own childhood. Like he triggered a lot within me that was real child Emma being triggered. And I know we did a lot of inner child healing work together. And obviously you can do the meditations and you can do the stuff, but when you're in the midst of it and you actually have to sit and connect with your inner child and what they would have needed at this time, it was such a powerful process. It was like I could fully witness the healing in real time rather than just like in my journals or in my meditations. Like I could see it play out. Yeah. Um, that is incredible. And, and how did that help you? Like how did that change things for you? Well, I think it was the big thing for me was noticing what I bring. Like I said before, I'd been really focused on these guys and can they meet my needs and are they right for me? And can I be right for them? Like When actually a lot of it was that sometimes what was coming up in these spaces were things that I had to take responsibility for. And it was so much easier to always blame the other person or to blame the situation. But it was really within me. It was what was I asking for within that? And actually one thing I really noticed was I was asking too much in the sense that I was coming to it from a place of lack. Mm. So at the time I met him, even though I was very content by myself, I was also going through some huge, huge changes in my life, like moving to the other side of the country, like living in a camper van, going through a new chapter of my business, like so much was changing for me. And I was really actually struggling to take care of myself in the sense that when you're on your own, you just do it because you don't have a choice. But entering into this relationship with someone, I noticed myself almost soften and go into this place of reliance and this place of needing them to fulfill needs that I didn't feel able to meet myself. And that manifested in them really feeling pressure, like, oh my God, I literally can't do this. And me never feeling like they were good enough. And obviously that translated because that is what they did feel like. They didn't feel like they were ever good enough. And it really required me to take responsibility. And sometimes when I was triggered in situations, sitting with, okay, well, why am I triggered here? Yeah. Like, what is it that's coming up within me, which I was able to do because we'd been through that process so many times together. Mm. And actually, what am I asking from the situation? Is it fair to ask that? And if it is fair to be asking that, can this person actually give it to me? And if they can't, then I have to walk away. I think something you said to me was like, stop nagging. Like, stop <laughs> nagging. <laughs> They've shown you, stop nagging about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, that does sound like something I would say. <laughs> 
Um, and by nagging, you know, I'm I, nagging is a funny word for me because I do know that it's very used against us mm. as women in quite a negative way of like, stop nagging. Um, and I don't mean it like that. When I say it, I mean, you know, if, if somebody cannot meet your needs and they show you these actions all the time, it's really as simple as, okay, they can't meet my needs. This can't work for me. I, otherwise, when you like what we tend to do and what we do when we haven't healed our abandonment wound, our anxious attachment style, is that we tend to do what they say is nagging, which is we try and fix, we try and control, we try and tell them, no, I need you to do this. No, I need you to do this. Or you're demanding them to change. That is never going to work. It All that is doing is making them feel like they're not good enough. And it's just making your anxiety worse because they're not actually doing any of this thing. They're not, they don't want to change. That, that's who they are. And that's where you have to learn to just accept it for what it is. And that is what has been amazing about you because you really did just accept it for what it was and and when you do that it's it makes it so much easier to walk away because you're no longer trying to fix and control and save them these are all common you know trauma responses of anxious attachment style and and an attachment trauma and it's like you were so able to do that because we had done that work you know because you knew how to to look after your inner child and you weren't now coming from a place of fear of that abandonment wound and it's incredible like the change in in you and in your relationship because of that like the way that you're able to see everything the way that you're even able to communicate you know I know that this was um one thing that you know we spoke about is like something that happens is that a first of all a lot of people do not even know what their needs are I get it like everyone says to me I don't even know what my needs are can you help me with that yeah absolutely because I get it I didn't have a clue what my needs were either like what the hell what what and it's only natural because it's from childhood and you haven't been taught what your needs are so hey ho you don't know um and then Oh my God, I forgot what I was going to say because there's just so many things going on in my head. It's unbelievable. And then it's, yeah, I've got it. So then when you are able to, you know, manage your own needs yourself, you don't have to put that on them. And that, like you were saying, it was like pressure of, you know, you were trying to get them to be, you know, there was a period where you were trying to get this person to like, see if they could be what you needed them to be. And that's the pressure that they felt. And you know, lots of people stay in relationships for years. I've done it for years <laughs> trying to, trying to, you know, with that kind of pressure on that person, trying to change them to be what you need them to be. And it never gets anywhere. The relationship just becomes very toxic. It becomes very, you know, nobody enjoys it because it's not healthy. It's not, it's, it, it can't, two people cannot meet your needs. If they can't meet it, they can't. You have to just be able to walk away. And, you know, as part of that, of recognizing what your needs are, is learning to communicate your needs. And this is something I see a lot of problems with <laughs> in how we communicate our needs. So, how did you, how, what was your story in terms of like learning how to like, once you knew how to manage your triggers better, because I think once you knew how to know how to manage your triggers, it's so much easier to be, then be able to communicate. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because you're not communicating from a place of, 
I just need to tell them this now. I need them to do this. I need them to, I need them to, to know how I feel. You, you stop coming from that place and you start to be able to be like, hmm, what do I need here? Let me communicate in a, in a, in a better way. Do you feel that you've, did that happen for you? How did you manage that? Yeah. So one thing I noticed myself doing was actually stepping back, like creating a little bit of space and then really getting to the root of what my need is and kind of like where it comes from. Like I would sit and I would literally just connect with my inner child, like we had done together Mm -hmm. and just hear what the real need there was. Because what I realized was that something I know I brought up with you was I was nagging about lateness, like being Mm -hmm. late, canceling plans last minute, all stuff like that. And it was nothing to do with that. It didn't really bother me, the lateness. It was more that one of my needs was to feel like a priority. And oh, my, yeah. my per- this, me and this person, we had a small amount of time to spend together. So for me, the lateness wasn't they're late. It was, I'm not feeling like a priority here. But when I'm nagging about the lateness, it was because that felt like safe territory. Everyone knows that lateness is unacceptable and lateness is considered rude. And I had already had confirmation from him that the lateness was unacceptable. He was like, if I was in your position, I would find that annoying as well. Like really he'd openly said that. So when he ever was late or anything like that, that was what I honed in on. And really when I came back to center and I kind of connected to myself, what it was is that I was going all back into my childhood and not feeling like a priority. And that was ultimately the need there. And that was the need that I needed to communicate rather than just nitpicking about the lateness. And I read something recently that was saying about that, how like nagging comes from the fact that your core need is something that you don't feel safe to really communicate. So you focus on the safe territory. And I was doing that a lot. So when I came back to center and I realized, I also came to see that I wasn't prioritizing myself at all. I was totally abandoning myself. Like someone would ask me if I could do something on Friday. And I was like, oh, I know what he's free then. And I was kind of like creating all of this thing in my head, which I know you've shared about before, creating it. And, but then when I wasn't receiving that in return, when the consideration wasn't there for me, I found myself being annoyed about it. And I was like, well, I can't be annoyed about that because I don't need to do that. And so I really sat with, okay, well, how am I not fulfilling that need? For myself I'm not prioritizing myself I'm not really taking care of myself in the way that I should be right now putting my own business and friends and plans first so when I started doing that sometimes what I noticed is the thing that I felt like a need from that person actually wasn't at all it was a need I needed to fill within myself or if I did feel like I had fully fulfilled that within myself and it was still a need from them I just I can't explain it I just felt safe for communicating it because I knew that I was coming from a place of, I cannot, this is just made me think of, sorry to jump, but you once said to me, why are you worthy of all of these things that you're asking for within somebody else? And I remember my response being, because I'm giving that to myself. And so when I was giving it to myself, I then felt worthy of asking for that. Yeah. But the next really hard part was, okay, I've asked for this need. We've had a really good discussion. It was received really well. They understand. Fast forward a few weeks later, they're still not fulfilling that need. Mm. And that was when it was on me to take action there. And that's what I struggled with. It was like, no, no, no. We've had this conversation. They've said that they're going to make effort to fulfill this need of mine. Yeah. When it still wasn't being fulfilled time and time again. 
that was when I had to come into okay I have to walk away from the situation which was hard yeah. when you have the abandonment mood even though I had all of this awareness I still yeah. really struggled to walk away mm-hmm. and I think that was for me where I realized that yeah like you say I can't keep nagging I can't keep being in this cycle of knowing that this person can't fulfill my needs that's when I have to take responsibility which is difficult yeah and we'll talk about that in a a second because I know that is a a problem that a lot of people face and and absolutely have I just want to go back to that that is incredible what you said about well first of all it's incredible that you've had that awareness to then know that actually it wasn't about the lateness it was about not feeling like a priority and that absolutely happens all the time but most people we can't you know you haven't got that insight to kind of figure out what that that need is there and you know so many people always say to me oh I I don't feel like a priority to them and I get it I was absolutely the same and the first thing I always say is are you prioritizing yourself and instantly their face just changes because they know they're not. And it's like, it's so simple. You will be, a, I know it's, I know it's not simple. I get it because, you know, it's how we've been, we've learned to be. But when you start to do the work and you start to unravel the mind and, you know, working with someone to do this, it's like you, st- you, it's, it's so simple. If you can't be a priority to anyone, if you're not a priority to you and the second that you feel that anxiety that you know that you are like that that's when you need to assess which is is great that you are able to do that hold on where am I not doing that where am I overgiving here where am I giving with expectations and I know that came up for you there was there's some giving with expectations which is it always comes up you know and that is that that thing and it is it just makes sense and so it's incredible that you were able to communicate and, you know, find that in you and, and understand that. And it's incredible that, that you were then able to walk away, which, of course, is very hard, regardless of, you know, whether you're healed or not healed. It's or like if you, you know, you have an abandonment wound or not have an abandonment, it's still very difficult to do. Um but the difference is, is that you choose to do it now. Like you have that power to do it. Whereas before we're so triggered and we have no idea why we're so triggered and we have not, we've abandoned ourselves so much that walking away is just something that we cannot even contemplate. It just cannot, cause it's so bloody hurtful. And you know, with it's that little girl inside of you or that little boy that is like so triggered that it just, you just stay and you accept the breadcrumbs, you accept, accept whatever they want to give you because you and you nag and nag and nag away so this is the difference because when you work on your attachment style it's not that it becomes easy to do these things it's just that you decide to choose you instead and that is the difference so why don't you tell us a little bit about like how you experience that like because you you've done so well like you found that safety within yourself and then you had to make that really, really difficult decision. So what was that like for you? It was really funny because it had built up across time. And I know I'd spoken about this within our sessions. And I think it's always the same as it when you know you need to leave versus when you actually leave <laughs> isn't always in alignment. Like there was quite a gap in between. And I remember just coming back to this same pattern of, I don't like how I feel in this 
And I think I'd spent so long trying to think, oh, you know, he's really done this and this is amazing. And I love this side of him and creating this projected reality, of course, what we all do, of what we could be like. And like I said, I was going through a bit of a turbulent time. So being fearful of losing the security and the safety of another person as well. But I just kept coming back to this place of like, I just, this isn't how it should feel. I don't feel like I should be sat feeling really lonely was how I felt like I was feeling lonely a lot and I was just feeling like I couldn't voice things and I was always triggered but mm. not in a place where I felt safe to really dive into that I know that often people talk about when you get into a relationship it's a beautiful place for triggers to arise and you to heal but that's not what this felt like it felt like triggered but unsupported and I had this morning where I think we'd had an argument over something so minor again which was about something much bigger and I went and I sat by the ocean. I went for a little swim. That's always where I clear my mind. And I remember sitting on this rock and this question just came to me. I'm sure it was you sending it from the universe as you <laughs> usually do. But this question came through and it was like, if I believed I was worthy of what I'm looking for, would I be, would I be here right now? Yes. And I think it was just this huge realization that the reason I was staying was actually because I didn't feel like I was worthy of the love that I genuinely craved and desired yeah I just that was for me I was like I had these thoughts of like oh but you know this is okay and this is good and you know this what if this is as good as it gets and what yeah. if you don't meet somebody else and all of this kind of mental chatter which nobody wants to admit that they have but we all do mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there so clearly saying to myself would you stay here if Oh, you're worthy of your desire. And I felt such a strong full body. No, it was like, no, I absolutely wouldn't. If I truly believe that I am worthy of what I desire, then a, I need to start showing up for myself. Like I have to show up in the way that I want somebody else to show up for me, which I hadn't been doing. And B, I need to walk away from something that it, I know isn't what I want. That deep inner knowing was just like, this isn't it. This isn't right. And I'd spent so long in my head trying to be like, oh, but what about this? And oh, but I have this trauma. Is that what's guiding me? And is it misleading me? And actually, when I silenced all of the noise and I just listened to that deep inner knowing. Yes. And after that, there was no coming back from it. I tried to reason with my brain, yeah. <laughs> but there was no coming back. It was like, you know, the answer here. Yeah, I absolutely love that. It's like you chose, like, because anxiety is only fear, it's fear. Mm -hmm. So you chose love instead of fear. And that love is not necessarily love about the other person, it's love for yourself. But you have to choose, you know, the decisions we make in this world, if we're making them through fear, there's a wrong decisions for us. And when you learn to face that fear, face that anxiety, and just choose ourselves everything gets easier we get what we deserve because we believe we deserve it otherwise we just settle and and stick with the fear that's not right we try and make situations work for us um so that is incredible thank you universe for sending that um <laughs> i'll pay you later um, <laughs> and then and then um you know actually one question that i was asked the other day and i think is relevant to what you've just said is and is how do you know, you know, because I know you spoke about, you you were worried that, you know, what if it's your attachment style? What if it's just your trauma? What if actually you're just expecting too much and actually they're great and wonderful and it's not them, it's, it's you. I know that was a thing for you and I know you just said that there. And, you know, one thing I was asked the other day was how do you know it's anxiety or fear and not your 
your gut instinct I guess your inner self like how do you know like what did you find was the answer for that this is so funny because I remember having a situation with a guy before where I was like desperate for this answer like I was like I don't know if it is fear misleading me if it's a gut instinct and I was listening to podcasts on it and I was reading up on it I was like someone's got to know the answer to this and I remember reading something that it was basically just saying that fear feels like how you imagine fear to feel like it feels like very reactive you can feel like you can just feel it in your chest like it's just like this like pumping as though you're about to fight or flight whereas intuition feels like this much quieter gentle inner knowing and I think for me a lot of the time I had been in my head like I said before I had very much been in my head and I could tell that that was this abandonment this fear and Mm -hmm. I always have this kind of default that I'd rather leave than be left and so this was something that I knew was present and I was like oh is this is this something that's coming up now is this a fear thing but then that time when I made the decision to walk away like I literally ended it like half an hour after that swim it was completely different it (laughs) felt like I felt so calm and mm-hmm. I felt sad, but I felt very like in a place of trust. It just, I can't describe it. It just felt totally different from this like anxious energy where I was being super impulsive, like mm. constantly overanalyzing anything, having like thoughts from one place to the next to this really quiet, calm, this isn't for me. Like the two just felt like totally different energies. Mm. I love that. And and I think, you know, the way you've explained it is exactly how I see it. Like fear, anxiety is really loud. It's really loud. It's those anxious thoughts. It's that feeling and you, you can feel it. You can, you can hear it. You know, it's really loud. And your gut instinct is really, really, really soft and really quiet. And it's usually the thing, you know, if somebody ever lies to you or something or you know it's that it's that initial feeling of in your in in your in your gut of hmm and then I believe it's like fear and anxiety then sits in and that's that thing of like oh no maybe that's me maybe no maybe I've got that wrong I think that's the fear and the anxiety and actually that initial quiet feeling in the in your inside is actually you it's your it's your higher self it's your soul it's your everything telling you the answers um, and usually we just end up, you know, talking ourselves out of them because we don't have self-trust. So I know that we really worked on building that self-trust. And when, you know, if we've not taught to trust ourselves and, and that's definitely something that anxious attachment or attachment style trauma um, experience, we have to learn to trust ourselves. And that is trusting that inner self, that inner, that, that gut instinct so that we make those decisions from love and not fear of the anxiety because that's the trauma that's not really who we are that's not what's right for us that's just fear Mm, yeah that's so true and I do still find myself seeking external validation in this so it was weird because I ended it with him and then I found myself like the next day speaking to friends and like almost seeking that reassurance like I wasn't asking too much was I like I although I knew that that situation wasn't for me anymore and I really trusted that intuition I've always been someone that really struggles to hear my intuition because Mm -hmm. like you said the anxiety and the fear is so loud Mm -hmm. I did still notice that desire 
And I think I remember speaking to you about this and it was really funny because we were kind of discussing things together. And I had really sat and been like, cool, okay, I can see my role here. I can see my behavior. And I apologized for the things that I'd done. I felt cool to do that. I felt cool to say sorry. And there was no mirroring of that. I feel like usually it's like when you say sorry, you kind of expect a sorry back or at least some accountability or this was my part in it, that kind of mutual. And I didn't get any of that. And I felt this almost like pull from old Emma Mm. to be like, you're not going to apologize. Like, you don't get anything to say about that. And it was just this really weird sense of like wanting this validation. And I could see it. I'd been looking at it from my friends. I was starting to feel like I wanted it from him. And I just had this moment where I just paused and I was like, can I validate myself here? Can I validate that I was asking for a perfectly reasonable amount and Mm -hmm. that actually he does have stuff to hold himself accountable. I don't need to hear his apology to validate how I feel how I feel in this doesn't need to be validated by him right now and so I was actually able to leave it very very amicably I could see that he wanted to place blame and he wanted to enter into that dance of you did this and you did that and I just would have definitely entered into that before I would have been like (laughs) excuse me (laughs) I just felt this like I just didn't need to and in that moment it was like this light bulb moment where I was like oh my god I can validate myself right here I don't need him to apologize I don't need him to own up to what he's done I know what he's done I know how I feel I know my part to play in this and I don't need validation from that and when I reached that place I was like this is this is the place right this is the place where you need to get to to be able to walk away and to trust the intuition it's that space yes I love that um you know external validation is a huge 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 part of an attachment trauma it's everything that we look for because we don't trust ourselves so I love that you really recognize that and we're able to validate yourself and and, you know it's natural to want you know people to say and that's fine you you know let's face it like it's, it's always nice to hear a bit of confirmation but the fact that you were able to be like no it doesn't matter it wasn't good enough for me not him but it just wasn't good enough for me it wasn't what I needed and I think when you're filling up your own cup and when you know what you need it just has to become a simple thing like that. That's why it. That's why I always say to people when they're communicating their needs, for instance, it doesn't need to be this tit for tat blame game. Um, you did this, you did that, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is how you made me feel. I feel like it's just a simple thing of like, this is what I need. Can you, mm. can you do it? No, okay, Th- that great. It's like an exchange even, it's a transaction, it doesn't, you know? And so it doesn't need to be anything else. And that is incredible that you, recognize that and was able to just trust yourself that this was the right thing for you right now and whatever's meant to be will be and that by taking that leap it means that something better is coming because you passed the test you passed the test I sent you a test and you passed the test great because you know the test is am I going to settle in something that can't meet my needs and can't make me happy or you know am I going to wish them well because they will find someone that absolutely will be perfect for them and then you can go on in your journey and trust and it's that trust again that in the universe and in yourself that you'll meet someone that can meet your needs and you won't feel like you're asking too much 
I love that. And I feel like that is the part that I may be in a little bit now. Like I've been in this place where coming out of that situation, I was like, wow, I really got to do some work on filling this up for me and being in a space where actually I'm able to give everything to myself. But I think I would be lying if I said there wasn't that fear of like, what if you don't? Like, and I think that I've always been someone that I've had lots of single friends around me and it's just been so much fun and we've not even really thought about guys and I think I spoke to you about this like more recently a lot of them have got into relationships and I have noticed that fear present but not in the way that I would settle for something that doesn't serve and I think that was the test for me it was like I noticed here that I am becoming one of the fewer ones that are still single but actually I just for what I do feel in trust is that this is supposed to be like this. Yeah. Sometimes I struggle to tap into trust that I will find the person that can communicate because what you were saying there about that exchange of communication, that was one thing I really struggled with is that I wanted the exchange to be like that, but it was always met with defensiveness and with mm-hmm. this blame game. And for me, it's I really need to be with someone that we can just have these open conversations and I can feel safe and I can say something without it being an argument or you know met in a in a form of blame so for me it was like as I get clearer on what it is that I'm looking for I have noticed that slight fear of is that there and I've spoken to you about this before I think it's because I have zero evidence of it and I think sometimes it's really hard to believe something that you you have I've never been in a relationship like that And I think this part of my chapter for me is requiring me to dig really deep and find that trust in a way that I maybe never have before that Mm. it is there. And I think this was really that first part for me that, okay, here's somebody that you could be with, you know, you get on well, you have fun together, but you know, they're not fulfilling your needs. Mm. Do you trust that somebody out there can And it was like, I took the action to suggest I trust, but sometimes I feel like the thinking behind it struggles. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, but I mean, ultimately though, regardless of your thinking, your belief, you had a deep deep Mm. belief inside of you that allowed you to do that. So your actions aligned to it. So yeah, you might have thoughts of, Mm, well I find them but the the fact is you've already done the hardest part because you believe mm. you know in your deep knowing that you you will there's something better out there for you you might not know what exactly what that looks like right now but it sounds like you know you have that belief there otherwise you'd have stayed you'd have settled mm. Yeah. And I feel like that was that part for me. It was that like, you know what, even if you have these thoughts of doubt, which I, I really think that everybody who I've seen to spoken to anyway, we all have those moments of like, is this, is this going to happen? <laughs> like, And it can be hard when you are doing the work and receiving lessons again and again. I remember expressing this to you and being like, I'm just a little bit done with the lessons and obviously you're like no you're not. <laughs> but there is that process and I think you're so right is that the the inner knowing just won. Like I just like, I couldn't describe it. It was like I had all these doubts and these thoughts and these fears, but yeah. ultimately the inner knowing was stronger. And I think for me, whenever I experienced that kind of like, oh, will I meet someone? Or maybe a little anxious around dating, like the root always to me has been 
sit in meditation, sit in connection to yourself, like silence that noise, tune into the inner knowing. And then I never feel like that, which is really powerful practice to have. And what were your lessons from this? Like, you know, Emma now that's come out of this, what did Emma learn from this? Who is Emma now? Like, what does she take from this? I think it starts with me is something I really take from it. Like what I am seeking in somebody else is ultimately what I'm seeking within myself. And mm. that coming to a relationship from a place of lack is always going to create an unhealthy dynamic. If I am reliant on somebody to bring me something I'm lacking, if they leave tomorrow, or if I want to walk away, but don't feel like I can be without whatever that is they're bringing, it's never going to feel like a safe space for me. It's never going to feel like a relationship I can be fully comfortable in. And I think ultimately in having somebody that was unable to meet my needs really showed me all of the ways that I need to meet my own needs Mm -hmm. and also to hold that when I do enter into a new relationship with somebody else like not to abandon those because ultimately the second I abandon myself like you say like I'm actually just abandoning the whole relationship anyway like we can't function in a relationship if I'm abandoning it because Mm -hmm. I'm going to resent you and I'm going to want to walk away from this and Mm -hmm. so it's funny because I feel like it's just created the biggest reflections within me of the work that I need to do the work that I need to hold and also just so much clarity on what I do need from a relationship and I remember you saying that's why I had to date but I did feel the resistance there but as soon as I dated I was like okay I feel really sure on what I need to give myself Mm. and what I'm not going to settle for anymore Mm. and that is why you weren't done with the lessons (laughs) and I know because I remember saying to you no you have to date just think you're dating yourself do you remember I kept saying you're dating yourself you're not even who cares about these people they're not who cares but you're dating yourself because you have these lessons to do and until you've done them you cannot find your Prince Charming or whatever it is that you want because you don't even know exactly what that is right now. Yes, you have an idea. And every time you have a situation and you get to know yourself more, you are getting closer and closer and closer to it. Mm. Yeah, and I did really feel that. I think because whenever I come out of a relationship, I do take that moment to reevaluate. Okay, well, what is it that I'm looking for within somebody? And every time it gets more and more refined and also my role within that gets clearer to me. What do I need to do to be able to actually enter into this safe, loving space with someone? Because Mm. I had noticed within this last situation that my default was to blame a lot and actually to not take responsibility for my role within it. And I think that's really opened my eyes to the need to be able to look at my actions and how I show up and actually not expect somebody to be able to deal with all of your triggers and to fix everything for you. But Mm. self-soothing, I feel like is a gift that you have truly, truly given me. Like that ability to sit and soothe myself is something I never really thought I would be able to do. Mm -hmm. And even just having that like little tool has made me feel safer within the context of dating because I know that I have myself, I can hold myself through things. Mm-hmm. and what does self-soothing look to you like what 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 is self-soothing to you I think to me it's not always coming to things from a reactive place mm-hmm. so 
kind of realizing that sometimes in my communication particularly to guys it would be you're not doing this Mm -hmm. or you've made me feel like this and Mm -hmm. it would be a blame thing and for me self-soothing is to be able to sit and be like okay what need of mine isn't being met here Mm. like where have I maybe attached something to that in childhood like what part of my childhood was that need not fulfilled in then what did I need then how can I give that to myself now like what, whatever it is that I needed in that moment that I didn't get, how can I give it to me now? And then is there a way that if I feel I still need to, I can communicate this to another person mm-hmm. in a way that isn't from an attacking defensive place, but in a, you know what, like, this is my experience. Like, this is kind of what would really benefit me in this. Is this something you're able to do? Yeah. And that whole process is something I was never able to do before. Never. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It changes your whole relationships. You're, you know, when you're able to do that for yourself and then it impacts your relationships, like it makes them healthy. You're able to have healthy communication and manage yourself because you are responsible for your triggers, no one else. Mm. And I know a lot of, when you don't know how to self-soothe and that is really the key, it's that there's a little girl or boy that is stuck inside of you that is what anxiety is. Anxiety is that little child that is stuck inside of you screaming because its needs weren't met and its needs weren't met then and they're not being met now. And when you learn that you can actually just reparent that child, you can be that person for them because nobody else is going to do it at this grand old age. You have to do it for you. That is that self-soothing. And once you have that power and stop looking for other people to do it for you, and you learn how to do it because the truth is you should have learned how to do it many years ago and you didn't we didn't I didn't and then you learn to do that and when you do that you take your power back because what often happens is somebody might trigger us or somebody might say something or upset us or do something to us in relationships and then we give away our power because we're looking for them to make us feel better no Mm. that is like no you can only make yourself feel better and all that does is allow for shitty behavior breadcrumbs whatever it is because they have all that power then and actually when you learn to fill yourself up and self-soothe and do all of these things it's all within you it's all within you and that is exactly what you've learned and and like would you I know that we spoke about finding that I know I asked you a question um a little while ago when you were in that relationship and I said what does that safety look like for you? How can you find that safety within yourself? And I know you went away and did your homework. You're brilliant. And, and then I know you sent me a message and said like, oh my God, I'm coming from a safe place and it feels so much better. So what does that safety look like? What, or what, what did you have to do? Or what do you have to do or to, to find that safety? I really struggle to find the safety in the company of the person. And I'm sure that is something that will come with time. I know that I, I very much like to try and fast track everything and and get going, but I think that is something that will come for me. It's when I have that point where I can just step away and for people in normal quote unquote relationships, this may be easier because maybe you can go into the other room, but just for context, I was living in a camper van whilst dating this person. So there was literally no getting away from each other. We were in a metal box. <laughs> so that was something for me that I, I just needed that time by myself. Mm. And then that for me was just like, I could then 
hear what I actually needed, like what self-soothing I needed or whatever was triggering me. I had the time to sit with that because I noticed that I was massively seeking fixing within somebody else. Mm. If I was feeling lonely, I was blaming him. If I was feeling triggered and lots of stuff were triggering me. Cause like I said, he was a real reflection of a lot of things that happened within my childhood. Like he worked a lot and it felt like he never had time for me. And that's a direct reflection of my dad and my upbringing. And there were so many different things like that, that my default was to get annoyed at him. But actually when I just had this, whenever I felt that arise, I was like, I just need a little bit of space. Like I need, I need some time. Like, I'm not going to bring this up now. I'm not going to raise it in the moment because I'm quite a reactive person. I think sometimes when you have that anxious energy, you just want to face it head on right there and then. 100%. I was really like, okay, I'm going to give myself time to sit with this. And that's where I would be like, okay, can I actually be with someone that works this much? Like, I have been raised by a dad that was away Monday to Friday, missed everything I ever did at school, birthdays, you name it, missed it if I'm thinking about building a future with this person yeah it's actually that the kind of life I want to create and when I kind of thought about it I was like no and I had this discussion with him because I'd created that understanding of like okay I'm not just annoyed about him for working this Mm -hmm. is actually triggering something within my childhood and I was able to go to him and have this conversation and he was able to meet that really honestly and say you know my my goals are my career and I'm not actually willing to compromise on that. And then I could come back and self-soothe because I did feel triggered by that. I was like, oh, Mm. wow, choosing his career over me. Where's that familiar? And like, go back to where this existed in my childhood and be like, what did I need? Mm. And actually what's going to serve me here? Is somebody that has a few hours on a Saturday free for me ever going to fulfill? Probably not anybody, but especially someone that- They're going to be enough. Yeah, it it wouldn't. And I think for me, self-soothing and kind of, it felt like being there for myself was kind of how I was describing it really came from this place of what do I need? Yeah. And can this person give it to me? And if they can't, the most nourishing, kind thing I can do for myself. Yeah. Is walk away if I need to. Yeah, that's incredible. And and like, do you see when you were able to do that for yourself, it's, it literally does become a bit of a transaction in the sense of like, you were able to say, this is what I need. And they were able to say no, or yes, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's really as simple as that, no or yes. And what we tend to do, because we have this deep fear, you didn't do it, but what we tend to do is because we have this deep fear is that if they might say to us, no, it's not something I can compromise on. And we think we might be able to change them. It might change later in life. Um, um, I'll just stay anyway, because, you know, I'm scared to leave basically. So then we end up putting up with it instead. Um, But actually you were able to just be like, okay, he's given his answer. Great is this going to be enough for me? No. Well, there you go. You know it. It's it's that simple. You know, like, it's, that, it's not simple, obviously. There's a feelings in it and there's emotions. But when you look at it like that, when you take the emotions out, the answer was right there. Yeah, and I think what I struggled with was that that was kind of at the end point that we had that realisation. But 
I remember going to him and saying, okay, like I, I really just need these things. Like I've spent time away. I've really connected to myself. I filled up my own cup. I've given myself everything I need. And these are the ones that remain for me. Simple things, like I was saying, like feeling like a priority, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I was like, I don't want you to not feel good in this situation either. So if you are unable to fulfill this, like it's okay, but like this, this isn't going to work for me. These are kind of my non-negotiables, I guess a lot of people call them. Mm. But a few weeks go by, he wasn't able to fulfill those and he knew he wasn't, but he didn't want to walk away from this. Mm. And when I then said, you know, like we're not making each other happy here, like my needs aren't feeling fulfilled, your needs aren't feeling fulfilled, we have to walk away from this. Mm. As somebody with an abandonment wound, it was really hard to be met with someone that still wanted to carry on and still wanted to pursue it mm-hmm. and when I sat with this I was like okay you are unable it was the kind of like unwillingness to even try mm. to fulfill needs here it was it was very it was met with very unwilling energy you just want me to need less from you Mm. that's what it ultimately comes down to you want to continue this but you're not willing to do any compromise and to try and meet my needs in any way you just want me to want less and I definitely would have just wanted less before because Mm. that's what they needed and I was so used to putting their needs first Mm -hmm. I had this amazing moment where I was like no (laughs) I this is what I need and that was when I kind of like validated myself and was like, this is not unreasonable to ask for. This is very reasonable things within a relationship. This is not coming from a triggered, unhealed place because yeah. I had formed that healthy relationship with self again. Yeah. This is more than reasonable. And then that was when I had to walk away, which is really, like I said before, it's really difficult, but I think sometimes people will say to you that they can fulfill their need and that they're going to work on it. And sometimes it isn't as easy as somebody saying, actually I can't do that and I think that for me was where I had to really draw on that inner strength yeah. and walk away even though they kept saying oh you know but I'll try and I'll, I'll try and I'll try they weren't able to yeah yeah I love that and you know there is a thing and of course like realistically if somebody really 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 it was the right thing and it was you, it was the right thing for you guys they would do the work they would do what they needed to do if they if they wanted to now like you said, he was saying it because he thought he wanted to. And he, of course, of course he does. But ultimately, you don't need words. And that's what a lot of people get stuck on is the words of, I'll try, I'll try. And then, you know, naturally, because we're so used to putting everyone else first, we say, oh, but they're trying. Oh, but they did do this. Oh, but they did see me on a Sunday and they don't normally see me on a Sunday. Or we'll we hold on to those tiny little things and we'll be like, oh but they tried oh it's still not enough for me but they tried so they tried oh you know and you know it's almost that thing of like we know they're not good enough and 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 I don't mean that like you know it's just that we're on different journeys at different times and sometimes the pages do not meet and um we know it and it but it's that thing inside of us that's like oh we could save them we can fix them oh no it's okay they're trying oh you know whatever it is so the so I get it like I get when he was coming back and saying those things to you there's probably like little Emma in there that's going, he wants me. He wants me. He's choosing me. Yes. But then big Emma is able to go, no, no, no. If we we really wanted it and if he was really willing to do it, these these are the actions that you would see. Mm. 
Yeah, and I feel so grateful that I do now have friends who are in these really healthy relationship dynamics and they probably get annoyed at me. I actually just had brunch with a friend yesterday and I was asking, it was like I was interviewing her. I was asking her so many questions. I was like, and then what about like if something like this happens and just all of the responses. And like I've been saying before, it's really hard when you haven't seen the evidence of that kind of relationship. So I'm literally immersing myself in this energy of these friends that are really experiencing this so I'm able to be like oh okay that is possible and that is what it looks like and yeah Yeah. I think that for me has been huge like to be able to see it and be like okay I'm not asking too much like this situation isn't going to serve me and I've got such beautiful examples of the kinds of ones that could yeah that totally makes sense I was exactly the same I had no idea all I knew was I was always the person telling my friend I always had something to tell my friends and it was constant over analyzing of did they do did they did I do the right thing did they do the right thing what what's going on here like over over and it consumed every bloody conversation I had with most of my friends if I was in these experiences because I was so anxious and they weren't having the same kind of you know conversations yeah sure things came up in their relationships but it wasn't to the to the extent of that and I didn't know like I never knew what like secure attachment looked like I never knew what that you know we're so used to just it was just a default for us like you know we've had it for our whole lives and actually when you start to to realize and, and and actually what you're doing is is great like talking to people about it and when you start to see that that becomes your reality. Like you can move to the secure attachment and that's obviously what we've worked through. Um, and, and what you're doing, it's incredible because even though, yes, you still have those feelings of, of old Emma, the fact is, is that you're making different decisions. Yeah. You're not basing your actions on that anymore. And that is the difference. And eventually those feelings will, you know, they'll start to have less and less and less of a place in you because that will just become your new normal. Mm. Coming from a secure place will become your new normal. I love that. And I think that was when I first started counseling and when I first started coaching, it was very much like, I never want to feel like that ever again. And then I think very early on, I realized that's actually not the intention here. Like that's not the aim. It's to be able to feel that and to react in a different way. And that is something that I feel I can say that I do now. I do react differently and I do feel a lot surer in my decisions. I think even before when I was making good decisions, it was the almost like torment afterwards of back and forth, did the right, do I do do the right thing or this and that. But I think that, yeah, that just is really, it's going, it's really not there anymore. Yay, because you're choosing you you are choosing you amazing so my last question when I asked you to do this podcast you said to me yep absolutely this is what I would have liked to have heard you know a few months ago or whenever um so what is one thing or it can be more but what is one thing that you could that you would say to anyone that is experiencing what is a key thing for you that you just think somebody needs to know that it is dealing with an attachment style an insecure attachment style I think for me is having somebody to see the blind spots because I just couldn't see or didn't believe or didn't have the courage or strength to act upon myself and I think the place that I was before I came to you was 
awareness like I was starting to cultivate this awareness of like okay these patterns keep coming like I said at the start these keep coming around Mm. but I actually don't know how to help myself here and I think I felt a little bit of shame around that because I am somebody that reads all the self-help books and listens to all the podcasts and journals and manifest of the mood and all of this stuff I was like I'm doing the work why is this not working and I think I was just kind of maybe a little bit stubborn in that I'll figure it and then when it kept coming around I was like actually you know what it's okay to reach out and say I don't really know what's going on here and I don't know even though I've had counseling and I understand a lot of what's happened for me at the start I thought that was the key I thought understanding and having awareness would solve everything and whilst it did offer me so much reassurance and it definitely did to start to create some change within my life Mm -hmm. it was actually having the space within coaching that I'd never had before that was really about inviting action Mm -hmm. and okay you know that this is your pattern you know why it's your pattern which was what it where I was before I came to work with you I had the full awareness Mm -hmm. when it came to actioning that I was like how the hell do you do this like (laughs) that was the point I was like I don't know how to do that so for me I think it was it would be the awareness is such a beautiful first step and when you're in that space of understanding and being able to acknowledge and be aware that's amazing but if you're at that point where you feel frustration because you know you're doing it and you know that the patterns keep coming around but you feel stuck in that I think for me where I could actually really honestly come and say this is how I've acted in this situation and we could dissect it together and then we could say how about next time (laughs) we act like this and the nagging was an incredible example of that because I came to you like oh my god can you believe he's doing this 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 and this and you were like I don't care (laughs) (laughs) I I know that 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 must be really annoying and I'm not dismissing his behavior but I'm actually more concerned with your action within this Mm. and that for me is invaluable like having that oh shit, I have a part to play in this. This is the part I'm playing. This is how I can play it differently. Was ne- I don't think I would have ever come to that by myself. Oh. Or maybe I would have, but I, it would have taken me a really long time. <laughs> and a lot of lessons. I get yeah. it. I get it. And I love that. And that's the thing, because you're so focused on them, mm. you're not focused on you. And that is the part that I play because I'm so focused on you. Mm. And that is that missing piece. It brings you back around to being focused on you. And then you can change that. You can take that action. And I get it. That is so true. You know, awareness is so key for the first part. But, you know, when you've been doing something since childhood, how the hell do you know how to move forward? And that is why coaching is so powerful because it gives you those action steps. And what I always say is that you see the results so quickly because you're, you're actually doing something differently all the time. You're learning to react from a different place and act from a different place. Yeah, that's so true. I remember getting to the point where I was a bit frustrated with counseling. Like I had, I've been having counseling for a year. And for me, that was just incredible. I needed that. And actually when I first went to counseling, I don't really think I was in an action orientated space. I was in mm-hmm. a very like, someone just speak to me for an hour like I need to be held in this I need to understand it and so it was a huge part of my journey but I did reach this point where I was like I'm getting a little bit frustrated like I don't want to talk about this anymore like I feel like I'm going around in circles like I'm talking about it and then 
the actions that are being reflected in my life don't really feel like they're changing and I remember my counsellor once saying to me she kind of set me homework mm-hmm. and I don't know if counsellors are really even supposed to do this and she made a point of saying but I'm not going to check up on you if you don't do it like it, it's not a pressure thing mm-hmm. and I remember thinking at the time like I need you to check up on me like it was something like not it was something to do with like pricing on a client or something like it was something to do with the people pleasing tendency that I had mm. I was like I need you to hold me accountable on this like mm-hmm. or at least kind of like do something that enforces me to hold myself accountable like otherwise I'm not moving forward and not actually growing and for me coaching was that missing piece within that yes Yes, I absolutely love that. Um, and that's the thing, you know, therapy counseling, it's brilliant. It's got its place, but it keeps you in the past because you're just talking about the past. Like you're talking about what what's happened, which is fantastic. It definitely has its place. But coaching is about the present to move you forward. And obviously, you know, with me where I talk about trauma and we, we you know, I hold that space to work through trauma and patterns that have happened. And we always deal with the past, but it's always with the god I need to figure out what this word is because I forget every time I try and say this sentence it's always with the outlook it's not the word I'm looking for but we'll go with that to move you forward from where you are and that is why it's you get the results in in a short amount of time and people can be in therapy for years and not see any results or see very little yeah I mean mine was the opposite as soon as I started working with you I was like this is all happening so fast like I think I started working with you started dating and then literally was actually wasn't it I'd seen you for maybe two sessions and I went on a date with a guy that was literally phenomenal like he Mm. was it didn't work out because we were in totally different places in the world but uh, it was just from there like after meeting him and then I was given lessons and I was I was like I cannot actually believe and that's where that kind of joke came from that you've got a connection with the universe because I was like how was this all unfolding so so quickly and yeah it's just been an amazing journey and this is what I say to anyone that starts working with me I say you know when we start doing this work you're gonna you're gonna start getting uh, some some lessons and some things it's gonna start coming because it definitely came thick and fast for you like in the period of working with you you went from you know relationships that you know weren't the right people and and being single and all that jazz to then dating to then being in a relationship I mean god did it all yeah and just I think for me it's like the awareness of now coming full circle with that and being like okay what I really need Mm -hmm. is this relationship with self and not to avoid dating although I am still feeling a little bit raw so I'm not actively dating right now but not to avoid that but to be able to hold this relationship to self within that. And I just love how it's gone full circle with that. I feel like a different person in regards to my relationship with self entirely. And I'm excited to go back into the dating world, feeling this connection within. Yay. And it all starts with you as well. I always say amazing. So is there anything else that you want to add or we'll wrap it up? Because we've definitely, it's been a long listen, but it's been a great one no I think I will be there except thank you to you because it has just been such an incredible journey I'm so grateful I started it yay thank you thank you so much for being the best guest ever like and sharing so openly and like my god I just love everything that you said I just feel so great um and always being the best student as well me and the universe are very proud of you <laughs> thank you to you and the universe <laughs> okay uh...
Thank you for listening to the Fuck Trauma podcast with me, Candice Kamara. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it on your socials and let people know. And if you have any feedback, please feel free to share it with me at Candice Tamara underscore on Instagram. And if you haven't done already, hit the follow button and follow the podcast because it's going to be full of juicy, juicy, juiciness that you do not want to miss. Until next time, see you then.